from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. Thirteen years after it was filed, the Supreme Court dismissed the central government's plea seeking additional compensation for those affected by the 1984 Bhopal gas tragedy. The details may have been cited often, but it bears being repeated. The accident took place on the night of 2nd and 3rd December 1984. A toxic gas called methyl isocyanate or MIC escaped from the storage facility of the Union Carbide India Limited plant in Bhopal. Over 5,200 people were killed and over 5 lakh people's lives were affected by it. It remains the worst industrial accident to have ever taken place in human history. To put it in perspective, the only industrial disaster that may be comparable may be the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986. Now back to the recent verdict. The five-judge Supreme Court bench dismissed the plea that sought additional compensation for the victims and survivors of the tragedy. As per the final settlement signed in 1989, the company paid around 750 crore rupees. In the petition filed in 2010, the government sought an additional 7,400 crore rupees from Union Carbide Corporation, nearly 10 times the amount paid earlier. The central government argued that the damage done to life and environment wasn't estimated properly in 1989. It said more people died or suffered over the years, which must be taken into account. But the court said there was no legal foundation in the demand for more compensation. Dow Chemicals, which bought Union Carbide in 1999, told the Supreme Court that it did not intend to pay any more compensation. In today's episode, we're talking with Rachna Dhingra about what this verdict means for the struggle to get more compensation for those affected by the tragedy. Rachna Dhingra has been part of the international campaign for justice in Bhopal and has been working with the survivors of the gas tragedy. Rachna explains why the compensation awarded was never enough and what the latest verdict means for their legal battle. She also talks about why they want the company to pay and not the government and she also explains how the compensation paid for the Bhopal tragedy compares to other industrial disasters. Rachna, what does the Supreme Court verdict mean for the campaign to seek additional compensation for those affected in the Bhopal gas tragedy? So as a result of this judgment uh, the burden of union carbide's gas disaster in Bhopal which justice and common sense dictates should be remedied by the private entity there is overwhelming evidence to show that shows to be the cause can only be borne uh, by the private entity and not by the indian taxpayers so profit has been privatized business has been indemnified and the cost of bhopal has been socialized that is what basically this verdict means and that this judicial bench uh, you know which has flagrantly ignored evidence of major residual injury to bhopal victims it has abdicated its responsibility to use its extraordinary powers to ensure some justice could be done in a in a place where there was a gross miscarriage of justice So this is basically a sham of a judgment I'm sorry to say they do not want finality for the ending and for the sufferings of the Bhopal gas survivors everything in this judgment every paragraph they have even gone out against the uh, councils uh, who were arguing for survivors organizations saying that we are trying to piggyback on the curative uh, petitions it's it's egregious it's horrible and it is everything that carbide wanted that's what this judicial bench has delivered and nothing that the survivors wanted 
after that agreement was reached and the government decided that more compensation was needed why would the petition be filed only in 2010 do we know what the delay was over yeah uh, so the uh, the the curative petition was filed by the central government in response to intense public pressure there was a, a tidal wave of fierce moral outrage unleashed by the paltry sentences announced for the indian officials of union carbide india limited in june of 2010 this was in the criminal matter so for for weeks the scandal of bhopal was headline news and because congress was uh, implicated in so many of its misdeed and missed opportunity rightly so on bhopal the issue became a mortal threat to its election prospects so there were two curative petitions filed in 2010 one was the civil and another was the criminal uh, curative uh, so the criminal curative was again dismissed in back in 2011 saying that no enhancement of the sentences could be happen against the indian accused the civil curative was filed in 2010 actually on the anniversary day on december 3rd and it was only heard in uh, now basically the survivors groups uh, our council informed the court in significant detail it's also the case that as much as uh, more substantive evidence concerning the long term health effects of mic gas exposure overwhelming evidence of union carbide's actual liability in bhopal disaster and the evidence of fraud that union carbide played upon india in order to force a punishingly low settlement only became available over the last 15 years so we had this overwhelming evidence that union carbide knew before the settlement in 89 that an exposure to mic will cause permanent residual injury in spite of prompt treatment whereas the 93% of the survivors are classified in the minor injury category so they designed this category our government followed it verbatim but in 2010 all of this came full circle because of the uh, moral outrage but this fraud aspect was something that the supreme court brought up as well right in its verdict saying that you've not that the central government hadn't established this element of fraud could you talk about what that was exactly see only way to annul one of the only way a few ways to annul a settlement that happened between union of india and union carbide is if you could pr- prove there was fraud so union of india did not provide we were fully prepared we submitted reams and reams of papers to substantiate how union carbide had played fraud on the indian courts and with the union we were basically saying that there are uh, union carbide carried out studies in late 60s and early 70s on exposure to mic they knew that the exposure to mic will cause death or permanent residual injury in most cases this was carried out in carnegie mellon they withheld this information at the time of settlement not only did they withhold this information at the time of the settlement 89 but they designed the category of claims of how uh, this should be addressed so one one category was death which is straightforward the other category was permanent disability the other category was temporary disability and the most important category was minor injury now they knew there could not be a minor injury and out of half 
people who were exposed to this gas. 525,000 people were classified in the minor injury category. A community just across from the, 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 the Union Carbide factory, JP Nagar, where people are still dying untimely deaths, where rates of cancers and kidneys are so high, kidney problems so high, there 93% are classified as people who did not suffer any injury as a result of this exposure. So they had this information. They hid it. And we got it only after many years, either through the EPA or through RTI. We have a document which shows that Union Carbide uh, officials had a meeting with the Ministry of Chemicals, who is the, which is the nodal ministry, uh, in 85, February of 1885, and designed a proposal of how the compensation should be given, designed the categorization scheme, and put in a category of minor injury. Uh, and, and again, this was all done to basically save, uh, to get out of their uh, liability. So the suppression goes to the heart of the midnight settlement and the impugned judgments of 89 uh, and, and, and 91. And these reports demonstrate the direct inverse of minor injury, under which 93% of victims have only gotten 25,000 rupees as compensation for lifelong injuries. One of the things, again, that the court pointed out was that the mm. amount paid was six times the amount paid to a road accident victim, which honestly didn't make sense because they are very different kinds of accidents. Why wouldn't, say, a 25,000, which some may argue in 1989 was a lot of money, uh, why wouldn't it be adequate? The settlement happened between Union of India and Carbide in '89. So then after that, the onus was on the victim to prove that they were affected. So just imagine the situation. You had the most uh, sick, poor, a lot of them illiterate people who had to fight their own government to get what was rightfully theirs. They had to fight their own government to get compensation uh, for an injury that had happened to them with no fault of theirs. Corporation had to do nothing. They paid for $70 million, which costed them some 36 cents per share and left. And they said, we will abide by the criminal jurisdiction, but never did. So this was a system that started in 91. It went on from 91 to 2000, where each gas victim had to hire a lawyer, had to hire a doctor, had to hire a dalal, uh, a middle person to make sure they would get 25,000 rupees. So first it was interim compensation. So everyone was given 200 rupees per month. People were so sick at that time that they would give this 200 rupee passbook to a loan shark because they didn't have money to take care of the sick. They didn't have money to eat because most of the breadwinners who were working uh, could not work, could not do heavy labor because they were so sick. So between 91 to 2000, they got 25, they, some got 16,000, some got 18,000 because this 200 rupees was deducted. 200 rupees every month, which added to 7,000 or 8,000, depending on when you got it. So people got literally nothing in hand. <laughs> if, you, if you calculate the number of of times they had to go, number of times they had to uh, stand in the claim lines, number of times they had to pay the doctor to come and testify. Yeah. And because every everyone wanted papers. Yeah. Who had papers when they were too sick to open their eyes? Who had papers at that time? So 
Another and then another thing is that this is being compared to the Motor Vehicle Act. I mean, how absurd does one have to be? This is a chemical disaster. This has caused multi-systemic injuries. Some of it will happen right away, and some of it will take time, like the cancers and the kidney problems and the neurological problems. What the ICMR research has shown that it, you know, the rates of tuberculosis is five times higher. Now, TB happens in everyone, right? How can you say it is because of MIC exposure? But it is because the gas exposed the immune system. That's what the ICMR found. And, and if you have a weakened immune system, there are chances of you getting uh, tuberculosis. Similarly, if you look at just the COVID data, five times more gas victims died due to COVID-19. Then, uh, then people who were living in the same city who were not exposed to gas. So you cannot compare from motor vehicle thing to, to people who have multi-systemic injuries. In 89, when the settlement was happening, at that time, the government of India thought there was only 100,000 100, people who were affected. Okay, and this uh, and they sought a compensation of 470 million uh, in U.S. They were seeking three billion dollars uh, in 85. In 89, they settled for the one seventh the amount for 470 million without having a single medical research on file without knowing the long-term health impacts. So 25,000 is how people got over the course of 10 years. The another 25,000 people got was in 2004. Uh, and that was a lump sum payment because the money had come in a dollar account. It was a $470 million thing. And, uh, and also, even though the government said it was only 100,000 people who were affected, the compensation was distributed to more than half a million people. So obviously it will come to, you know, 25,000 rupees. You can say people have gotten 50,000 rupees and it took them over 20 years to get that money. And that is it. That is it. And nothing more. It seems like, you know, as if people have gotten a lot of money and, and you know, it's the corporation who has been uh, suffering and, uh, and there's just no end to it. 93% of the people have gotten only 50,000 rupees and debts, debts have gotten 10 lakhs. That's it. And permanent injury have gotten, which is very few, about 40,000 of them, between one to five lakhs. That is all people have got for the world's worst industrial disaster and a corporate massacre. I don't know if there is a way of comparing, but is there a metric to look at, you know, how much less this is than any yeah. other industrial disaster? Absolutely. I find this so absurd because the, the judges say that uh, no amount of money could ever be enough for this, but we refuse to look at any of the international standards. I mean, if you look at even within our own country, I look at the endosulfan uh, thing, there is a compensation where people have at least gotten between five and six lakh uh, rupees in Kerala. Kodai Canal, the workers who were um, uh, you who were affected again, though they were workers, but there is there there was uh, there was mercury poisoning, and they have received anywhere from fifteen to twenty lakhs. We look at Gulf of Mexico. This was BP. Uh, you know, this was a, a, a UK corporation, which the US government did uh, the delivered compensation, remediation, rehabilitation within one year of the accident. And <laughs> I think the lives of animals were worth way more, at least I think five times more than what people of Bhopal got.
So there are plenty, there are plenty of uh, within our country, obviously outside our country uh, to look at, to give at least a compensation of dignity. The battle for the compensation was taken up by the government and that was pretty much soon after the tragedy itself. Um, Like you said, it settled for one-seventh the amount that it initially sought. How effective has that sort of battle for compensation been since the government took over? See, the government brought in an act in 85 saying they will exclude, uh, assume the legal guardianship of, they became the parents patria of the Bhopal gas victims. That's why they went to the U.S. court, asked $3.3 billion. The judge came and said, no, you try it in Indian courts. That's the best forum for it. Union Carbide agreed to come to that, but has uh, been absconding from its criminal case. So, uh, from the beginning, what 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 was evident to us that government of India was not putting the best stand for forward for the survivors. They did not have a single ICMR was doing research. They were in fact bringing out studies, results of women having uh, huge numbers of miscarriages even after five years after disaster. Even there were studies of uh, children being born to gas-exposed parents having problems. So none of this, none of this was taken into account. But what was the worst was when how the government of India became the enemies in so many times to uh, to the people of Bhopal, where every victim had to prove that they were victimized to its own government, who should have been standing beside them and holding the corporation by its cuff. And I say, you prove that you did not gas them. Why should the people of the city who have been gassed without their fault have to prove? Very little even now, because the, uh, we try to convince the government of India and government of Madhya Pradesh that get away from this minor injury category. You know, if you are trying to cure an error that you made, why make this mistake again and again? You have ICMR findings, you have hospital records findings, you have Union Carbide's own findings, you have research findings of Union Carbide, which say over and over again that there cannot be minor injury. So at least put the best, uh, uh, you know, information forward. But but government of India refused to do it because they said that oh, this has already been adjudicated upon. Yeah, but adjudicated upon where you had no information, where you had no knowledge, you were misled. And but now you have knowledge. Well, why will you not put the best uh, stand forward? But they refused to. They 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 refused to do that. And then again, this is this goes all the way back back for the collusion between the corporation and the Indian government. Even now, not much has not much has changed. We have people like Ratan Tata, people like Montex in Aluwalia, people like Arun Jaitley, all lobbying for Union Carbide and Dow Chemicals, saying let them off their environmental liability because all we are talking right now is just about the exposure to MIC. But there is a huge area of environmental claims against Union Carbide and Dow Chemical. This is because of the uh, toxic waste that they dumped inside and outside the factory, which has contaminated the groundwater of more than 200,000 people. So they were all lobbying with the prime minister's office saying, let them go up their liability, let Dow Chemical go, because in return, they would want to invest $100 billion in this country. So nothing really has changed. The only sad part is that our judiciary has bought into this, that our judges have bought into this. They have bought into the finality for Union Carbide, but not for the survivors. Uh, and um, uh, one big question is also, why Dow, right? Like, 
why mm-hmm. not the government like you said mm-hmm. at the beginning of this conversation that we've socialized this tragedy we've allowed the yeah. government and the taxpayer to pay for it but what is it that y'all are opposed to in terms of the government filling the gaps left by dow the only only thing we're opposed to is that that it's it will be the taxpayers money it will be yours and my money there is someone who did this purposefully a factory right in the middle of a neighborhood they knew what would happen they knew the long term damages they they did a settlement which cost them less than a dollar per their share they got away with it and that is all will go so we are also for this the government pays the people of bhopal but recovers it from carbide and now however long it takes them i think it has to be where they pay what is rightfully should be paid to people of bhopal and then they go after carbide they should not be allowed to do business in this country why are they being allowed to do business in this country so all i'm saying is if the government really wants to it has very effective ways in taking money from union carbide and dow chemical they have enough business in this country so recover it recover it from them however you like but pay people of bhopal what is rightfully theirs and now with the supreme court's judgment what happens next in terms of legal battles is this the end for that battle for compensation we are still looking at what what all is possible um maybe the road against the corporation uh, maybe the avenue might have closed i don't think you you cannot go for a review but uh what has what has come out of this is that government of india kept on saying that the injuries were grave to people of bhopal they have admitted that there was a shortfall and they are the parents patriarch <laughs> of the guardians of the bhopal gas survivors so we will see if there is a way of getting government to to give the money to the survivors and then recover it from the corporation on whatever means they would like to do it on but against the corporation at least in india i think it is uh, we're still seeking legal opinion on this but i think it might be a hard uh, road and this this is made possible by the recent recent uh, judgment but one thing is for sure that people in bhopal will continue the fight on the ground and the legal fight to ensure there is uh, adequate compensation and life of dignity for them and another thing there is that uh, because there is evidence of damage to second generation and that has never been uh, pursued uh, in any court of law one thing that the judges said that why hasn't the union of india bought insurance uh, for them so the insurance for ex- was exactly for that purpose insurance was to for uh, at least uh, for 100000 children uh, being born to gas exposed parents uh, because this information was already out that there is damage in the second gen- generation that is why at that time in 91 they had been instruct the government of india had been instructed to buy insurance Uh, for hundred thousand children, uh, un- that, that never happened. But that's again another uh, avenue to go a- uh, after, not for people who were directly exposed, but children who were born either in the womb or bo- were born four to five years after the disaster. But then also raises the question, right? That what is that final point in a sense? Because like the government and Dow have constantly argued that we've settled it, and it, it, they don't. seem to want to rake it up again when does that sort of final settlement arrive for the survivors of bhopal 
So Dow Chemical can continue to say whatever. They think that if they keep saying it, it will just become the truth. So Dow Chemical has a completely double standard when it comes to people in Bhopal, India, and people in US. Dow Chemical assumed Union Carbide's liability uh, in US for asbestos, yeah? But when it comes to Bhopal, they have a complete double standard. They won't do it. They, their stand is we did not operate the factory. Well, they did not operate the factory in, in US also where Union Carbide's asbestos was poisoning and killing people, but they paid for compensation. This kind of double standards can only happen in, 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 in our country. What we are saying is that the exposure to MIC, which causes permanent residual injury, a compensation of 25,000 by any standards, by any standard, if you look at the Railways Act, the, the Motor Vehicle Act, any act you look at cannot be enough, yeah? Especially for lifelong, for lifelong sicknesses, it amounts, to, it amounts to three rupees per day. That's how much it amounts to, what 93% of people have gotten. The other thing they did was build a hospital, which is in shambles. None of the departments are working or anything like that. But if you if you just put it in context, you know, weeks after uh, Exxon, you know, weeks after the settlement in 89, Exxon yeah, spent $51,000 rehabilitating each seabird affected by oil disaster in Alaska. So let's not talk about that. I mean, this is a simple case because you are Indian, because you are Bhopali, your life is just not worth it. And you are dispensable. You are considered dispensable. I think for people of Bhopal, why it is so important, because I get this asked a lot, but it is about this precedent that we have. It is first that uh, Bhopal-like disasters will not stop. They have not stopped. In fact, they have going on. Look at Kochi, what's happening. Look at AQI, what is happening. Because all of this is considered business as usual. Corporations poisoning our land, water, and air is just considered business as usual. So unless and until you can't address the world's biggest industrial disaster, unless and until you cannot say that, no, we will not take this, that 25,000 rupees for life long sicknesses for killing and not a single corporation or individual in jail even for a minute for killing 25,000 people. That is why people in Bhopal continue to fight, obviously to get justice for themselves, but also to make this world a better place. The corporations cannot do toxic trespass on us and give us 25,000 rupees, change their names and say everything is okay. No. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe, and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas, and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.